Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. President Yitzhak Herzog's visit to Ankara earlier this month was an important milestone in a long road back to a sensible relationship between Israel and Turkey. There was a strategic love affair between these two nations in the 1990s, but it turned into an acrimonious divorce after Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president of Turkey, came into power. With new political and economic realities in the Levant and the Eastern Mediterranean, Erdogan's initiative to warm the Chile relationship seems to have an initial success, but a lot still has to happen in order to translate words into deeds and ceremonies into policy. Joining us from Istanbul, Turkey, is Mr. Yusuf Erim, who is TRT World's editor-at-large. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. Indeed, also joining us from elsewhere here in Israel is retired Colonel Dr. Eran Lerman, who is the co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a Powers in Play co-panelist, as well as the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security Vice President and Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Well, I would have been happier to be in Istanbul, but... Um, this will have to do... It is. Indeed. Also joining us here at the studio in Jerusalem is our TV7 editor-at-large and host of TV7 Watchmen Talk, Powers and Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us uh, somewhat of a recap of the latest developments uh, with regard to the Israel-Turkey relationship. So these two words uh, you used regarding uh, President Erdogan, initiative and initial, obviously have the same roots. And um, we uh, here at uh, TV7 uh, have happened to be uh, privy some um, nine months ago to the uh, earlier feelers that the Erdogan administration sent to the uh, new, then new, Israeli government of uh, Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid. It took some time, and the Israeli foreign ministry uh, wasn't initially uh, receptive uh, to the idea, but uh, President Herzog took up the challenge, and uh, we have seen the two presidents uh, launch this uh, new phase in the uh, relationship. Now, of course, uh, we have to see uh, words uh, being turned into deeds. Indeed. Let's start with uh, the uh preliminary stages of, of the attempt to uh, seek a rapprochement. Mr. Arim, I'd like to ask you, what triggered the shift in policy uh, from Ankara's perspective towards Israel? I, I think there was a lot of triggers, not just one. Uh, the changing dynamics of the region, obviously. And uh, when we look at these changing dynamics, the understanding that there's going to be less U.S. engagement in the Middle East going forward and uh, when we look at this changing dynamic, I think both Israel and Turkey read this very well. And we saw a recalibration in both of their foreign policies. Uh, Israel recalibrating uh, with the Abraham Accords, uh, normalizing its relationship with many Arab states. Uh, Turkey recalibrating by uh, reaching out and normalizing with the UAE, starting a process with Saudi Arabia, uh, testing the waters for a process with Egypt, and, and also outreaching to Israel as well. So. Uh, we're seeing both uh, states launch uh, simultaneous uh, reconciliation and normalization processes 
with many of the players in the region. So uh, it's a similar read from both Israel and Turkey on what's expected. Now, again, there's more that's been happening in the region as well uh, regarding the Eastern Mediterranean. We're seeing recently that the U.S. Uh, pulled its support for the pipeline. Uh, there's been a lot more isolation for Greece in that matter. Turkey has stood its ground and showed that uh, whether it's going to be by itself or if, if it's going to have new partners, it's going to continue moving forward. Uh, when we look at a possible and likely return to the JCPOA, uh, the threat assessment uh, by Turkey of Iran and Iran-backed militia in the region has definitely changed. So we're seeing an alignment in the threat assessment towards uh, especially Shiite militia in the region. And with many of these uh, bits and pieces coming together, I think the viewpoint from Ankara is that uh, the problems that separate Turkey and Israel are just not really that big anymore because there's a lot more to be gained by working together bilaterally. Indeed. Dr. Leoman, uh, among your currently held distinguished uh, positions, uh, previously also served as the Deputy National Security Advisor of the State of Israel. Uh, and during your uh, tenure uh, in that position, uh, Turkey already offered uh, Israel a potential uh, cooperation on an Eastern Mediterranean pipeline that would go through Turkey and then into, uh, into Europe. Uh, is this something that Israel would consider now that, uh, uh, obviously, as it seems, this is one of uh, uh, the key interests that would also drive uh, probable or possible uh, a rapprochement between Ankara and Jerusalem? Well, <clears throat> uh, having been an advocate of, uh, of reconciliation with Turkey of the uh, um, settling the account on the uh, sorry state, uh, situation on the Mavi Marmara after 2010, I, w I have to say that on the question of a pipeline, I doubt if this is going to be the outcome of this uh, rapprochement. Um, there is, that would involve a, an extremely complicated um, interconnection of this issue with the Cyprus, the unresolved Cyprus problem or else we, we, we are supposed to run a, a pipeline from our gas fields through uh, the Syrian or the Le Lebanese easy. That's not going to happen. Um, and the American, uh, I should, we should know that the American abandonment, uh, which may have other uh, motivations of the pipeline project, uh, uh, came in favor of the uh, Asia-Euro-Asian interconnector, which is a cable, a power, a power option, power cable option. So it's not necessarily in favor of an Israeli-Turkish uh, connection. But there's so much more that we need to talk about. As, as uh, Yusuf has very clearly stated, there is a, a recalibration of, uh, of the relationship between what I call the camp of uh, stability in the region. That's Israel, the UAE, Egypt, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, and others on one hand, and uh, the Turkish leadership, which uh, I think has uh, realized that some of its ambitions in Libya cannot be fulfilled, that the Muslim Brotherhood is uh, a very weak reed on which to rely in, in seeking a more prominent role in the region. And uh, we all face together an ambitious and dangerous Iranian um, use of proxies across the entire uh, spectrum 
of, of countries with which we have uh, a closer relationship. And so, uh, yes, definitely the, the rapprochement with Israel um, and the uh, humane act of uh, calling to console uh, President Herzog at the death of his mother, which I think was the point in which the uh, uh, plant, uh, the, the idea was planted of a visit. Um, all of this is part of a larger story, uh, trying to bring the Libyan crisis to a managed uh, resolution, uh, reconciling with the UAE, uh, once again tapping the potential economic uh, uh, dimension of Israeli-Turkish and Israeli-Gulf and Turkish Gulf relations. All throughout these years, Haifa was serving as a, a port of export for Turkish goods, not only to Israel and Jordan, but beyond. So there's many, many aspects to work on, not necessarily the pipeline, which I think is a pipe dream. Mr. Well, um, Mr. Erdogan uh, has both of his hands on the water faucet. Um, some uh, 12 or even 14 years ago, he decided uh, to turn on the uh, cold water and made the relationship chilly. And now apparently he has uh, uh, taken the hot water um, into his hands. Uh, and this is fine. At least uh, we are going to have some lukewarm uh, water. Uh, the lesson here is that uh, leadership can make a change. One doesn't have to uh, be attached to the uh, status quo. And if Israel took a similar initiative towards Gaza and uh, therefore um, gave Hamas no reason or pretext to uh, renew tensions, this would also benefit the Israeli-Turkish relationship because Turkey, after all, does see itself as um, uh, the patron of uh, the uh, Muslim Brotherhood, as was mentioned, and of uh, the Hamas, which is an offshoot of, uh, of the Brethren. So um, the... Um, Part of Hamas, uh, it's important also to note, Hamas, of course, has uh, different components within this organization. Only a small part of this is loyal to Turkey, other parts may be loyal to Qatar, to uh, Kuwait or other countries uh, throughout the region. Yes, yes, uh, that may uh, well be the case. But uh, if uh, Yahya Sinwar and others in the leadership um, uh, decide to follow uh, Turkish recommendations, uh, the others uh, will probably join them, especially if Egypt puts uh, its weight uh, behind it. But uh, the point is that is in Israel's interest uh, to uh, work for the welfare of the Palestinian population in Gaza. And if it also uh, benefits politically and strategically from it, uh, so much the better. Indeed. Mr. Arim, it seems from uh, the, the points made also by Dr. Lerman and also Mr. Oren uh, that uh, much relies ultimately on uh, the relations or the the. Uh, capacity to resolve issues that have not been quite resolvable on the Cyprus front. Uh, is that something that uh, may take uh, initial steps uh, from your perspective uh, with regard to potentially resolving that issue in order to then accommodate for uh, greater prosperity on the Eastern Mediterranean flank? After Bennett resolves the Russia-Ukraine crisis, 
he may then resolve the Cyprus crisis and bring amity um, um, between Turkey and Greece and go on to other greener pastures. In Hebrew, they say, Bezrat Hashem, Mr. Erin. Well, b- before I go into the Cyprus uh, part, I want to talk a little about the uh, Muslim Brotherhood. Both uh, guests mentioned it. Now, yeah. uh, when we look at what's going on uh, in the Middle East, we're, we're basically embarking on a new era right now. Uh, the Arab Spring now a decade old. Uh, many of the ideology-based foreign policy is slowly making way for a real politic. Uh, we're seeing this directly impact uh, relations among sovereigns. Uh, again, the UAE does not view the Muslim Brotherhood as a big of a threat as it did before. And uh, what led to a division, a polarization in the region, and what led to the rise in importance of non-state actors, because you had many of these sovereigns interested in increasing influence in a country, and they would either pick parties or non-state actors to align themselves with. So we're seeing that era close now, and we're seeing the return of a real politic sovereign to sovereign period once again. And this has opened the door for Turkey and the UAE, uh, Turkey and Israel, Israel and the UAE, uh, Israel and other countries as well. So uh, I think that uh, concerns over ideology, concerns over uh, non-state actors, definitely their importance has been downgraded uh, and will continue to be downgraded in this next 10 years. And I think that extends not only to uh, parties in Libya or Syria, I think that extends to Hamas as well. So I think that'll be much less of a concern uh, from an Israeli and a Turkey perspective. I think uh, going forward that we will see some uh, recalibration and some changes. Now, when we get to the Cyprus issue, uh, obviously Cyprus is a red line for Turkey. It's had the same position since 1974. It's not going to change that position. But uh, when we look at the Herzog visit and we take into account that Herzog visit visited Cyprus and Greece before he came to Turkey and right after he left, Mitsotakis came uh, to Turkey, the Greek prime minister. I think that definitely shows there is some trilateral dialogue going on because I don't think his visit was coincidental. I think the timing uh, of uh, the Israeli president visiting Athens and then the Greek prime minister visiting Ankara uh, definitely has some uh, a smell of some trilateral uh, backdoor uh, dialogue going on there. So uh, I think the Greeks understand now their maximalist positions aren't going to work out. I think that they seem more pragmatic. It, it seems that they have a, understand they have a weaker hand right now. Uh, I think that uh, a pipeline is not a pipe dream. I think it's still a very big possibility. Uh, if it runs through Cypriot waters, that's not a problem that for Turkey. That's uh, something that Israel and Cyprus will talk between each other because uh, the pipeline afterwards, Israel and Turkey will talk about the part that runs through Cyprus, uh, Israel and Cyprus, their allies, they can sit down, they can negotiate that half. And I don't think Turkey has any problem with the further extension going forward. So I, I don't view that as a pipe dream at all. I think it's been over a decade since Leviathan has been discovered. They haven't been able to sell uh, one drop of gas to European markets. And a Turkish pipeline is very, very feasible, very quick, very cheap and uh, very possible and secure as well. So that's definitely a possibility. And I do believe that uh, these types of confidence building projects won't, will not only be good for Turkey and Israel, I do think that uh, it will have a positive impact on maritime issues in the Eastern Mediterranean amongst uh, the other actors as well, including Turkey. Indeed, Dr. Lerman, I'd like to hear your point on this. But uh, 
two points uh, I'd look uh, would like to to raise first. Uh, the first thing is obviously Israel has keen interest on seeing this pipeline uh, erected. Uh, the Europeans have this interest and the Americans may have this interest, considering that this would then provide an alternative to European reliance or heavy reliance on Russian markets, especially now uh, when we're seeing the, the whole situation evolve surrounding Ukraine. Uh, the second point that I'd like to uh, ask is uh, to what degree do you see? Uh, the communications that were made. Of course, it was once again overshadowed uh, by uh, the Ukraine conflict, which was also mentioned by Prime Minister Mitsotakis during the visit of uh, uh, President Yitzhak Herzog, uh, who sought to see a certain equilibrium formed uh, in this region. Uh, nonetheless, his position is, is ceremonial. It doesn't have uh, the, the meat necessary to take executive decisions on Israel's foreign policy. Uh, is this, however, because of the individual who Herzog is, with his brother, of course, being also the ambassador of Israel to the United States and having the quite rich history that uh, he has uh, from a family perspective, quote-unquote, uh, is this going to trigger certain government-oriented uh, policy-making to try and then seek viable rapprochement between Ankara and Jerusalem? Well, let me first of all say that uh, President Herzog has positioned himself as a sort of uh, uh, Israel's pri uh, premier diplomat, uh, clearly, he is not a decision maker. The uh, Israeli presidency, uh, like the older version of the Turkish presidency before the constitutional change, is essentially ceremonial. However, uh, he does speak for the government. He is closely consulting with the government. And, uh, and this visit is certainly uh, um, indicating a willingness on the part of the Israeli government to engage. But let me be very clear uh, the way I see it, uh, and, and the Yusuf uh, kindly mentioned the uh, Herzog's visits also to Cyprus and Greece, and, uh, and the visit by Mitsotakis uh, in, in Ankara. Uh, I think the, the best way to describe it is an extended hand, not only not by Israel turning to Turkey as an alternative to its to the alignment in the Eastern Mediterranean, uh, but rather the alignment of, of, of like-minded states in the Eastern Mediterranean willing to uh, offer a, a handshake uh, to the Turkish leadership to come in and, and basically negotiate all differences uh, with uh, an open mind. Uh, and Israel here is acting as part of the alignment rather than uh, as a nation that can be split off the alignment. That's not, that's not the way we think about the situation. If you read the language of all the tri tripartite uh, uh, summit uh, declarations of uh, Anastasiades uh, and, uh, and uh, Mitsotakis and his predecessors in, in uh, uh, Greek uh, Prime Minister's office, uh, Bennett, and before that, Netanyahu, all these tripartite meetings all began with a statement saying, look, uh, this is not an exclusive club. It's open to other like-minded nations. In other words, uh, uh, if the, we should uh, uh, come to a sense, and this is much more the situation now than it was uh, a year ago, that uh, uh, the Turkish leadership is not uh, uh, committed to an adversarial attitude towards Israel or towards uh, 
Greece and Cyprus, but is looking for ways to cooperate, then uh, definitely the Eastern Mediterranean uh, power structure and, and economic structure definitely has uh, more than ample room for, for Turkish participation. It would require certain things to be renegotiated, including the, uh, the GNA-Turkish uh, agreement of November 19 as to the delineation of the EEZs in the Eastern Mediterranean. There's a counter position of Greece and Cyprus and, uh, and Greece and Egypt. Egypt. And they, uh, there needs to be uh, an open-minded uh, uh, open attitude towards a renegotiation of these issues. Uh, but Israel is not uh, uh, breaking up with its partners in order to uh, pursue this Turkish option. It is teaming up with the partners, trying to pursue a, a, an Eastern Mediterranean in which Turkey would be an honored and an and, and important uh, participant. Of the East Mediterranean Forum, of course, Mr. Owen. Once uh, during the 1980s, uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who uh, was a politician at the time, um, trying to use cliches, said, well, everyone speaks of a window of opportunity, but I'm concerned with the bear putting his arm through the window of opportunity. There is a bear in the room, and uh, we haven't uh, uh, concentrated on the Russian-Ukrainian crisis. Uh, right now that uh, Putin has uh, put into effect uh, his... Uh, uh, threatened military posture, both Turkey and Israel must reassess their uh, policies vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Russia, including uh, the Russian presence in Syria, which concerns both. And obviously, uh, Turkey um, being uh, the neighbor of both Syria, Iraq, and Iran, uh, has uh, some similar concerns to Israel's. Uh, for instance, is it now really uh, possible to have both American and Russian military equipment? Can the F-35 coexist with the S-400? And um, for Israel, this might be a new way of cooperating with uh, Turkey again. Indeed, uh, it's also a question that we heard President Recep Tayyip Erdogan speak about during his meeting with Olaf Scholz, the German Chancellor, during his visit to uh, Ankara. Uh, Mr. Arim? I want to expand a little on what uh, Amir said as well. I think that uh, uh, Ukraine-Russia changed a lot of things uh, for the region. I think it brought a lot of players back to their Cold War factory settings uh, after a long period without having a very serious uh, Russian threat now uh, having this uh, Ukraine war has uh, brought back the Cold War reaction inside uh, many of these countries' national security apparatus. Uh, I do believe that if Russia does gain control of the Black Sea, which it does look like that is the main objective, not Kiev, uh, not the land in the north, not uh, changing the uh, administration in Ukraine, but the Black Sea, most, most namely Maripol, Badryansk, all the way down to Odessa, if it annexes this land, and going forward, uh, when the uh, security apparatus of Russia and their decision-making changes on the allocate, geographic allocation of their naval assets, and they start beginning to project more power now into the Aegean and Mediterranean because uh, of having to dedicate less assets to the Black Sea, that's going to cause a serious problem for Turkey, for Greece, for Israel, and to a lesser extent, maybe Egypt. 
but there is definitely going to be a much bigger Russian presence in the Eastern Mediterranean and the Aegean if Russia annexes the Black Sea. So I do think that these countries need to slowly uh, stop fighting against each other and start working with each other uh, to be able to form some type of containment, some type of uh, security understanding going forward. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Greece and Turkey are NATO allies. They do have a Cold War understanding uh, regarding security. Uh, Israel is a preferred partner of NATO. It knows very well uh, the security situation during the Cold War. And uh, states have a memory. States do have a memory. They remember how things were. And I believe that memory is slowly kicking in. And it is supporting this wave of reconciliation. And it's supporting uh, these warmer uh, dialogues between all three actors. And it can have a positive reaction uh, between Turkey and Greece as well. But uh, as I said, I think that the bear in the room is uh, definitely uh, very visible to everybody. And it would become more visible if uh, Vladimir Putin is successful in taking control of the Black Sea. Indeed. And it should be noted that once the war started, Turkey, as was its right, uh, tried or closed the straits to uh, naval vessels, except for those returning to the base. Uh, so uh, uh, the Black Sea is a very important front, usually out of mind, out of sight, but not anymore. However, if uh, this is actually a very brilliant point uh, that should be taken note of uh, yeah. with regard to the Black Sea. Dr. Leoman, we don't have much time. You have about one minute to uh, uh, touch no, base I, I on fu- that. I fully agree. Uh, NATO has become suddenly very, very relevant to all players. The German transformation uh, is is dramatic. This in itself would require the alliance to be much tighter, and this in itself this in turn generates a Turkish interest and an Israeli interest uh, uh, to be on the same page facing regional developments. With the brilliant, uh, I must uh, also ask one more sentence from you, Dr. Lehrman, on the fact of the matter is if the Black Sea does indeed uh, become a not exclusively because Turkey is also there, but uh, almost exclusive with regard to control of the Black Sea. This would indeed, as Mr. Arim has just stated, divert much of the military vessels into the Mediterranean, especially with regard to Syria, and then use Taltus as a launching pad of uh, quite the more significant uh, military power than was previously seen. Given that the American profile, as uh, Yusuf rightly mentioned, is declining, we in the region are going to have to work much more, much closely together and set aside all the rivalries and arguments uh, for the sake of regional stability. Indeed. Well, uh, thank you so very much uh, for your participation, Dr. Olelman, Mr. Arim, and uh, Mr. Oren. This is all the time that we have for today. I'd like also to thank our viewers, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.